This is the Gartner Steering Engineering Podcast. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Steering Engineering, Gartner's podcast for software engineering leaders like you. Building on Gartner's deep expertise in the design and development of digital products. Your host, Brent Stewart, that's me, and Danny Bryan. Hi, that's me. Dive deep into the topics that matter most to software engineers and the leadership that guides them. Yeah, we're really excited to be presenting this. We've been looking forward to it and working on it for some time. Finally, we have a podcast, um, and it's part of our Software Engineering Leaders product. Uh, our goals are that, you know, whether you're working through that dr drudgery of an endless backlog, exploring the disruptive potential of maybe a new product idea or a new technology, we have the answers you need to herd the nerds, as we've kind of grown fond of saying, and to get stuff done. We, we did entertain the idea of calling this podcast uh, nerd herding or something like that. Anyway, together, we will unravel the secrets to building world-class teams, uh, deploying the best technologies for the job, and absolutely nailing uh, your strategic objectives. That's what we're here for uh, in this podcast. So grab the wheel. It's time for Steering Engineering Episode 1. Thanks, Danny. So joining us today, everyone, is Mark O'Neill. Mark's a VP analyst and chief of research for us software engineering. He's also a friend and a peer of both myself and Danny. As, as one of the authors of the hype cycle for software engineering, Mark's going to guide us through this year's hype cycle and highlight several key topics Gartner considers critical to your future as a software engineering leader. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me on your Nerd Herding podcast, Brent and Danny. Welcome, and thanks for taking the time. We're here today to talk about hype. I love the word hype. It appeals to the cynic in me. And hype is often, you know, we use that term in a dismissive way as something that is flimsy or maybe fabricated. But today's hype is tomorrow's revolution. Love it or hate it, hype serves a very important purpose. And for the software engineering leader, it creates a forward-looking mindset that can breed innovation, uh, disrupt markets, inspire wonder. So Mark's here to help us unravel this hype cycle today. Mark, you know, what is a hype cycle anyways? Yeah, so along with the Magic Quadrant, the hype cycle is one of the most well-known Gartner publications. So for folks who are not familiar with what the hype cycle looks like, it's a curve. Uh, it goes up steeply to a top point, which we uh, refer to the, as the peak of inflated expectations. Then, like a roller coaster, it goes down into a dip called the trough of disillusionment. And then it comes up to what we call the plateau of productivity. And what's interesting is that Every technology, and in fact, even outside of technology, a lot of things go through this hype cycle, and, and this is what we track. Individual careers go through this hype cycle, for, you know, but, but applied to technologies, 
and you know kind of what's emerging and what's getting the hype and what's not one thing i've always found interesting about this hype cycle is that like it considers all technologies as things that will move through these cycles you know like nothing's evergreen in other words right like all the things that whether they're patterns tomorrow become tomorrow's anti-patterns right i mean everything goes through this true cycle of hype. And I think that's especially true when it comes to technologies and software engineering. Exactly. And although a lot of folks might not admit it, technology, it's driven by fashion. It's driven by hype. And what that means is sometimes things can have too much hype uh, and people do them just for the sake of doing them. Sometimes they have too little hype or in fact, too much negativity that go with them as well. So to illustrate, you know, this, and hopefully people have this picture in their minds of that roller coaster that starts at its highest point. Um, it's actually a really good analogy, by the way, because, you know, after that, everyone knows that the roller coaster is going to be a lot less fun. <laughs> First big dip. Um, but, you know, let's illustrate this by taking a minute to re maybe review something that has made it through the hype cycle in the past and now become a standard practice in software engineering. Can you think of a good example of that? Yeah, a great example is citizen development. So that's something that's right now off, almost off the edge of the hype cycle. It's gone through the whole roller coaster ride, uh, through going to the hype, peak of hype at one point, and then through, in fact, a lot of disillusionments. Interestingly enough, citizen development the whole term was coined by Eric Knipp. So Eric Knipp uh, heads up the software engineering practice here in Gartner, and he came up with the term. And now we're all disillusioned about it. <laughs> well, I think the disillusion passed. Now, now we're productive with it. And in fact, it's almost become where there's very little hype about citizen development. If you see, you know, my organization is doing citizen development, uh, people outside of IT can create simple applications using low code. Nobody is excited about that. And it's table stakes, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's interesting how citizen development has become such a standard best practice, so much so that it's even starting to affect other markets. You know, as a UX designer, I'd watch and cover the citizen design market with titles like Canva and Adobe Express, and we're even starting to see an emerging citizen research market, you know, with new features on platforms like user testing or Maze. So it's been really influential even beyond its its own plateau of productivity. Exactly. And, and it's also a good technology to look at that, as you say, did go through a peak, but then during the trough, that was when you started to hear people talk about shadow IT and shadow IT being this level of force. Yeah. And, and, and it's a good example where there was too much negativity and people tried to shut down citizen development. It became a governance concern and challenge primarily, right? I mean, you can't let this happen. <laughs> so guys, let's talk about some of the things that are hot in this year's hype cycle for software engineering. Do either of you care to guess what's at the top of the hype cycle this year? I know Mark doesn't need to guess, um, and I'm pretty sure it's not microservices uh, anymore. I would 
Yes, it's something to do with AI, maybe generative AI, something along those lines. Yes, it is. It's generative AI, maybe to nobody's surprise, is top of the hype cycle for software engineering. In fact, top of many hype cycles that we have in Gartner. Do you know how many we have? I mean, it's got to be, I don't know, 50, 60. I mean, there's a lot of hype cycles on different topics. Yeah, exactly. It's, in fact, I believe more than that. And Indeed, we have hype cycles about many topics and many industries as well, including healthcare, financial services, tech, um, in all those areas. And and then we have an emerging tech hype cycle that a lot of folks will have seen. But of course, here we're talking about the software engineering hype cycle and really generative AI is everywhere. And we just recently put out a report about AI coding assistance. So like tab nine, GitHub. Copilot, of course, and others. And those have tremendous hype, particularly when people are thinking about the impact on developer productivity and how that's going to be impacted in terms of improving developer productivity, but also how teams are going to change. And a lot of our research is now driven by these questions that we're hearing from our clients every day about generative AI. Lots of really hard research too. And by hard, I don't mean difficult. I mean, you know, metrics and analytics and analyzing a lot of numbers. There's so many studies kind of going on right now to, to judge that impact because, you know, being where it is on the hype cycle, we're imagining that impact being enormous. Like we can't see it. We don't know it yet. We're not completely able to measure it um, entirely or its impact. Right. So, yeah, and that's why it's top. Yeah, it's utterly pervasive, you know, I think is what it comes down to. Even what we just talked about, citizen development, that in and of itself is becoming supercharged by generative AI. It makes the, the whole citizen movement uh, even more viable. Exactly. And, and generative AI then breaks out into a number of component parts that are at the top of the hype cycle. So that includes AI augmented software engineering. So those are those assistant tools that I mentioned. There's also responsible. So we just put out a report about how important it is for software engineering leaders to be in in many ways driving responsible AI in their organizations, thinking about social impact of AI, thinking about how AI can bring in biases into your applications if you're not careful. And then also AI augmented testing. So interestingly enough, the first part of software engineering to really use AI is testing. Uh, And it's in fact something we have a market guide for AI-assisted testing tools. And all of these, if you're looking now at the hype cycle, you can see them clustered as lots of dots at the top of the hype cycle. Very interesting. Uh, you know, another thing at the top there I noticed just looking is the platform engineering. Yet again, it's interesting to me that the higher the hype things are on the hype cycle, the less we know about them and the less we really understand some of the best practices. The best practices are just kind of emerging, right? And platform engineering coming from where it did, um, everyone thinking that, you know, it's got to be something they emulate right away, right? Yeah, so platform engineering is it's right at the top of the hype cycle as well. And there really is a lot of hype about platform engineering. You hear folks say 
DevOps is dead, platform engineering replaces it. We don't think it's accurate, but statements like that show the hype. We also see people adopting platform engineering, even though, as you say, they might not really understand why they're doing it. I mean, that's the classic mark of something that's hyped. Like you do it because it's the fashion. And because of this, we do think that inevitably it's going to go down into the trough of disillusionment as people realize that they may have built platforms for their developers to use, and these are not being used. And that, of course, is when disillusionment sets in. This is what I kind of love about the hype cycles, by the way, not to toot their horn too much, but just the ability to kind of see through that lens, you know, a single topic like software engineering. And so I'm a software engineering leader. I get to look at that and I kind of see things through that lens. Like on the left is things are less well-known and understood. And as you progress through time, they become more understood and, you know, best practices die over time, all of those things. Exactly. And once things go off the hype cycle, they just have not much hype, but they are widely used. So I think that's a misconception sometimes about the hype cycle that technologies go away after they've gone through the hype cycle. It's just that they become boring. <laughs> you know, they become... Well, some go away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's true. Well, okay. So... That was kind of the top, the peak of inflated expectations. Um, let's talk about something that's not hot, not now getting as much hype, and that would be site reliability engineering, right? Yeah, exactly. So so this is something that is sliding down into the dreaded trough of disillusionment now. And one of the reasons why is because you know, SRE did have a lot of hype, went through its time on the top of the hype cycle. And folks, of course, implemented it. There was a lot of books written about SRE, a lot of blogs. And of course, it originally came out of folks like Google, Netflix. And of course, people then you know try to emulate what they see there. And it may not make sense for their own organization. One of our colleagues, Gary Olaf, has this phrase, you are not Netflix. That was originally applied that to microservices. That was that was the topic of, of discussion then. It's a perennial uh, issue that people try to emulate what they think perhaps Netflix is doing uh, based on what they can see from the outside. But SRE, unfortunately, is something that may not make sense for some organizations, particularly smaller organizations. And now they see that the role isn't as successful as they thought it would be, and so it goes down into the trough. But as folks figure it out, as they crack the code on how to do SRE in a successful manner, that's when you start to see it get to the plateau of productivity in a number of years. Yeah, as long as I brought up microservices, I mean, that was kind of everyone wanting to emulate that all of the time, let's say. Breaking down the monoliths, right, and, you know, trying to convince our clients that, you know what, Monoliths have certain use cases and it's complexity we, we can manage and understand. Uh, and so I just think that's a very uh, relatable kind of example for, for our listeners, probably. So guys, 
A few minutes ago, we were talking about the hot topic of the year, generative AI, and we're all blown away by the innovations that we've seen and and some of the accomplishments thus far and, and the promise that this technology has. But this progress comes at a cost, doesn't it? You know, nothing in the history of software engineering, in my opinion, has has required as much computing power as generative AI. And all that computing power requires electricity to train and task the models, as well as even water to cool equipment in data centers. That's such a good example. I know where you're going. Go on. Right on. Yeah. So so what are your thoughts, you know, Danny and Mark, about green software engineering? What consider and and do for a more sustainable future in software engineering? Yeah. So green software engineering is something that is right now in the earliest stage of the hype cycle. It's what we call the innovation trigger. And it means that it's not so widely known that there is now a movement towards green software engineering. There's a green software engineering foundation. And there are capabilities that are finding their way into tooling, for example, into developer portals uh, that will allow developers to see the environmental impact of their choices. So they choose to use you know, a particular service from a cloud platform, even a particular programming language to making the choice between Rust versus Python versus C versus Java. What's the environment? Uh, or, yes, exactly, JavaScript um, at, at one end of, of the extreme. That what is the impact that that's going to have? Uh, so green software engineering is right at the start of the hype cycle. We do think it's going to get more hype over time, but it's always good to look down at that bottom left-hand side of the hype cycle and see what is new, what in some cases are like the secret weapons of organizations where they know about the technology and other people don't, so that you can place your bets and you can see what's coming along before it's hyped and everybody else is doing it. So that's the value of looking off of that bottom left-hand side of the hype cycle. Green software engineering is a topic that I am just endlessly fascinated over <laughs> because I was reading uh, some articles talking about what you described as far as light programming languages and distributability of programming and processing uh, for a programming language, right? And it actually got into some numbers saying, you know, there's a lot of optimizations in most programming languages that is required for them to pass the kind of the muster of green, what green software engineering represents, like little enhancements that once that programming language is in production and being used by servers could reduce greenhouse gases by an order of magnitude. Little things like that is just amazing to me. Yeah, exactly. The key is the choices, as you say. So enabling developers uh, to make the right choices. Also, the other aspect of green software engineering that's important is cost savings as well. So it's not only about saving the environment, it's also about saving compute costs uh, or even storage costs so that you're ultimately finding ways that you can be smart about how you're using your investments. So especially now, any technology that comes along that has a cost management or cost cutting angle to it 
is going to be popular. So that's another reason we have green software. Very cool. Well, uh, before we end, guys, any additional thoughts or comments about hype cycles or this hype cycle? Yeah, I guess I would say that hype cycles are something we update every year. So we're looking at what's new, what's coming along. Uh, we factor in what we hear from Gardner clients, what we see from our surveys. So uh, I'd encourage folks to uh, take a look at the hype cycle for software engineering for 2023, uh, but also uh, to engage with us um, to, you know, by all means, let us know what you are seeing as well in the market coming along. We, we feed all of that in to our decision-making on what goes into the hype cycles. And the other point I would make is we also have a, a report called the Technology Adoption Roadmap that looks at the adoption of the technologies that are on the hype cycle. So that's also very interesting to see where you're at compared to others in terms of adopting all of these. And it's fun to see the dots move. Like you said, uh, you're over here and got to see how long these trends and hype lasts over time. Exactly. Well, this has been a great conversation, guys. And thank you, Mark, for taking the time to talk about the hype cycle for software engineering. Thank you. And this was our inaugural podcast episode. So thank you all for listening. And please join us for our next podcast. And that should be published later this year. Take care, all. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gardner Podcasts are a production of Gardner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations.